Any car enthusiasts here this weekend? We have the Atlantic Nationals, you know, hosted in Moncton. And uh, we actually had registration here for two days here. And, and I went up to the lady and asked if I could get my hot rod registered uh, for the event. And, and, uh, but apparently there is no class for minivans. All right, uh, that's the brutal truth of where we are at at this stage uh, in our family. But uh, anyway, uh, people do say that we will one day miss these times, so we're trying to make the most of it. Welcome you guys here today, and I want to welcome those of you that are watching online. And I want to start uh, by just, I want to make mention of uh, C.K. Chitty is here and his wife Grace, they're visiting, and uh, they've been longtime pastors here. There he is. And actually, I can remember being, you know, kindergarten grade one, and I can remember the name C.K. Chitty, and he is the one who hired uh, Willie Brownlee. So we all know that that was a good choice that, uh, that he made, so we thank God for that. But I want to start today by, by, uh, by a, little, uh, a little joke here that I heard. There was these two young boys, ages four and six, who were going to visit their grandmother. And as always, when it was time for bed, she would tuck them in, give them a kiss on the cheek. And before she closed the door, she said, now, boys, don't forget to say your prayers. And so the four-year-old got down on his knees, and he, he began to pray, God, I thank you for this day. And then as loud as he could pray, he said, God, I pray that I would get a new BMX bike tomorrow. And his older brother punches him in the arm. He says, why are you yelling so loud? God's not deaf. And he looks at him and says, yeah, but Grammy is. Isn't that the truth? Well, I want to tell you guys today that God has more for you today. Do you believe that? I believe that God has more for us as people. And I've lived long enough. You know, we've been married for a significant amount of time. and We've had kids. And I know that life has ups and downs. And sometimes in some seasons of our lives, there's more questions than there are answers. You guys have probably all experienced that. But whether you're here today and you are, you know, just trying to find out the meaning for your life, or maybe you're new in your spiritual journey, or for some of you, you may be an experienced veteran here of the faith, I want to tell you that God has more for you today. Do you guys believe that? I believe that we have to have an, a level of expectation that we are always moving. And a key to that is knowing what we are connected to. And I believe that what we are connected to greatly impacts the direction and the purpose of our life. And I've understood this one thing, that we have a choice. We have a choice. We can either uh, just go with the flow and whatever happens, happens, or we can choose to trust God. And we can choose to put our faith in God. And what, what I mean by that is I believe true faith is choosing to trust the character of God, even when our outward circumstances are impossible to understand. I want to say that again. True faith is trusting to choose the character of God, even when our outward circumstances are, seem impossible to understand. Today I want to talk to you guys about winning in life and how we can win in life. And I believe it is by choosing what and who we are connected to to today. Is anybody else, or is it just me, that has sort of a love-hate relationship for these charging cords? Today's title is called Power Source, 
And these charging cords in a family of four with iPads and, 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 and devices, um, these are, these are a, a hard commodity to find. All right? You chase these things around. And I think we all know what it's like to, uh, you know, get through part of the day and our cell phone is like on 20%. And you're just wondering, okay, how am I going to get through? Even worse, there, I was using my phone the other day as a GPS. I was in a new city. Uh, Toronto, by the way, and, uh, and I, was, I was using my GPS, and I was like, God, I pray that my phone does not lose its charge, right? Because I am not going to know where to go. But these things are important for us to use our device and access all that we have on those things. I just want to pull the audience real quick, because and, and, I think there's two different types of people. There's those of you that when your phone gets below 90%, you're like plugging that thing in, Right? And there's others that, like, you live your life at, like, 20%, you know, and you, like, call people, like, I got 4% left on my phone, make it quick. How many people live there? Yeah? A few of you guys? Well, I want to tell you that it matters what we are connected to. And I believe that it is, it is all about trying to find what we are passionate about. You see, I believe that our, our gifts, when our gifts and our desires overlap, that's where our sweet spot is. You see, I think that some of you have, all of us have gifts from God, okay? Some of you guys, it's to teach children. It could be to build buildings or be an entrepreneur or help people in some way. But that is your gift, and that's what you excel at. And I believe that we also have desires, God-ordained desires, and that's where we find our most passion. And when our gifts and our desires overlap, that's where life is fun. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that life's perfect. See, I thought there was a place in life, okay, uh, where we could reach where life is just perfect. And that does not exist. But I do know that living our life on purpose and for purpose, that's where life gets exciting. How many want to live there? Where life is exciting, where you have more to offer. And I want to talk to you guys today about how do we find our purpose in life? That's a great question. And I believe that we find our purpose and power in life when we are connected to the source. You see, I believe that God created us, and as I said, he created us with gifts and abilities, and he's placed desires in our heart. And as we connect with God, our source, I believe that is where we find our purpose and our passion. How many of you guys want to go with me on a journey today to discover all that God has for us today? My question is, are you connected to him? And I think we all can, can relate with sometimes when we feel disconnected in life. We go through seasons where uh, we have, you know, our energy is low, our passion is low, we're questioning things, and we, we, you know, just like the illustration of the cell phone, we tend to have a low battery in life. I want to encourage you today that God has more for you. God has power for you to access and, and, and I can't wait as we just dig into the Word of God a little bit on this. And, um, but I, wa I want to remind us, Pastor Joel has been talking to us about in the fall, we're going to be moving into a small group focus for our church. And I, I want to tell you that when we moved and started attending church here, we immediately got around a group of people. And as I'm talking about what we're connected to, I believe that people... As we connect with people, that can be so life-giving. And we connected with a group of people for a year. 
And we spent time, you know, just getting to know, building relationship, but praying and reading the Bible. And as we, as we move into the fall in small groups, I believe it's so important because for us to grow spiritually, we must be connected relationally. And I believe that's part of us being connected to our power source. I believe that lives are changed in circles around tables as we eat and as we laugh and as we share stories together. More lives are changed there sometimes than in our rows. And so I'm looking forward as we move into small groups. But I want to I wanna continue our talk on being connected to our power source and being connected to God this morning. And I, I feel like God placed this on my heart when I was in Ontario a couple of weeks ago at the Canadian Church Leaders Conference. And I was listening to the Alpha Director speak to us, and she, she has the pulse of where churches are at in Canada. And she made a statement that she said, when people come to your church, they're looking for evidence of God. They're searching and they're looking for answers to their questions. And she said, if people do not find what they're looking for, they don't come back. And statistics are backing that up. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a church that has something to offer people. I want to be a church that we have the power of God. You say, what do you mean by the power of God? I mean when people come and they find acceptance, when they find hope, when they find unconditional love, when they find a God that gives them a second and a third and a fourth chance. Come on, somebody. Are you guys with me? All right, that's what I mean when people experience where marriages can be restored, when health and healing can happen in our churches and through the body, through us. That's what I'm talking about, about being connected to our power source. And so I, that is so good. You can come sit right up on the front row. So I want to talk to us about how to get connected but I think we all know there are things in our life that drain us. Anybody ever feel drained sometimes? There are some drains in our life. And I, and I want us to look at scripture found in, in 2 Timothy 3, verse 5. And the Apostle Paul is writing this. And what I love about this story is, as he's writing this, he is sitting in a jail cell. He's all alone. He's doing what God's called him to do. He's trying to get the message of Jesus out to his community. How many ever do the right thing and get, the, you know, get a bad result? You know? How many know that? That feels disappointing. You're doing what God's called you to do, and you're sitting kind of in prison all by yourself. And sometimes in life, that's where we end up. And we're like, really, God? Like, what's up with that? But here's, here's what I love about Paul as we re, we're going to read this story, is that he makes no mention of feeling bad for himself. He's not questioning God. He is so tuned in and he is so passionate about what God has put in his heart. He's got a fire in his, in his belly and he wants to get the message of God out, even sitting, chained and in prison. Wow, that is amazing. You guys seem thrilled about it. <laughs> let's go to 2 Timothy 3, verse 5. And let's see what, what he, uh, Paul, he's, so he's writing to his friend Timothy, who was just starting a church. And he's writing to encourage him. 
And I think it's important that he is, he's not trying to scare Timothy, but he's trying to warn him of the time that's coming. And he says in, in, in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1, he says, But understand this, Timothy, in the last days there will be difficult times. For people will be lovers of self. They'll be self-focused and narcissistic. How many of you think that that sort of describes where we are at in our culture today? We're very self-absorbed. I find it interesting that, um, you know, in the last couple of years that the, we live in, in a culture of selfies. You guys all know what I'm talking about? And I, I looked up this word narcissistic and it means to be excessively interested in oneself or appearance. And I find it funny that when we take pictures, we take more pictures of ourselves than we do of anybody else. And when we do take pictures of everyone's self, we're in it, right? We're the first ones. And so I think that as, as kind of humorous as it is, we have to realize and recognize that we are living in a selfish time. And that will drain us. You know, depression is so rampant in society today. And I think that part of what we can do to overcome that is not get so focused on us, but get focused on others and do something for somebody else. And I believe that when that happens, it begins to peel the layers off and we begin to see how exciting and what life is truly meant to be. Are you guys still with me? He goes on to say, and so I'm talking about things that drain our energy and drain our passion for our life. He says, people will be lovers of money, chasing after money. They'll be greedy, boastful, and arrogant, disobedient to parents, and ungrateful. Do we have any teens in the house this morning? Can I just say that God, God says in, in the Bible to honor and respect our parents. And we have to, you have to guard yourself about that because we've lost that. And, but God says when you honor and respect your parents, it said it will go well with you. And we want things to go well. I believe there's a blessing and a favor on our life when we obey our parents. And so we have to be careful not to fall into the trap where culture is going, where we lose disrespect for those that are in authority over us. Can I hear somebody say amen to that? He goes on to say, and they will be unloving, malicious gossips, no self-control, haters of good. These are all things that are draining the passion and energy, conceited, lovers of sensual pleasures rather than lovers of God. Sometimes we have to check ourselves and say, God, are we allowing the pleasures of life to take the place where you were meant to be? But here's where I want to land on this, this verse and, and what really got my attention was although it says holding on to a form of outward godliness, which is religion, although they have denied its power for conduct, nullifies their claim to fame, to faith, sorry. What that means is they have denied the power of God because the way they live their life. Let that sink in for just a moment. They were, have been denied of the power of God in their life because of the way that they were living their life. And I don't know about you, but when I read that, it, it causes me to say, you know, God, 
I want to be careful that I'm not following culture too closely. You see, over here is the standard of God. God's standard is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. This is the standard of God right here. And over here we have culture. And culture tells us you need to look after yourself, get as much as you can, no one else is going to do it for you. Right? I'll be all about you. You guys understand? Are you guys tracking with me still? And somewhere we lie in the balance between these two. And I want to encourage us as a church today to understand that this is the standard of God. This is where we find the, the most energy and passion and fulfillment in our life as we stay close to the standard of God. So let's talk about these, these drains that we have in our life that we just talked about. We have selfishness. We have chasing money. We have ungratefulness, disobedience, and religion. These are the things that are going to drain our passion and drain our life. Now, are we ready to talk about what adds to us? And, I, and I'm using this word as gains. I believe that God has power gains for your life. It's kind of a weightlifting term, okay, as you can tell. You know, I don't lift a whole lot of weights. But I want to see you guys experience the power of God and gain in power as we move together as Christians. And so, let's go to Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3, verse 14. Look at the person beside you and say, get the, try that again. Be the power source. The source is on the inside of you. And we're going to find out how to gain in power as we go through this. All right, Ephesians 3, verse 14. Paul, again, he's, he's still in prison, but he's praying for the church of Ephesus. He's praying for us as he's sitting in that jail cell. And I, I just love what he's saying. In, in verse 14, he says, For this reason, gasp, grasping the greatness of this plan by which you are joined together in Christ... I bow my knees before the Father that may he grant you out of the rich treasures of his glory to be strengthened and spiritually energized through the Holy Spirit. I just want to stop right there because sometimes there may be some of us who, who don't understand maybe what the Holy, who this Holy Spirit is or what he does, but the other night I was putting my five-year-old daughter to, to, to bed. And, and as I was going through the routine and, and getting ready to pray for her, I asked her, I said, did God speak to you today? And she kind of looked at me and she's like, uh, what do you mean, Dad? I said, has God ever spoke to you? And she's like, I, I don't know. And so I explained it to her like this. I said, have you ever done anything wrong before? And me or your mom weren't in the room, but you knew that it was wrong. And she kind of like shrugged her shoulders and was like, maybe. It's like, am I going to get in trouble? <laughs> but I said, that is the voice of the Holy Spirit. That is our conscience on the inside of us that is leading and guiding. And even as children, they can be aware and we need to be aware of the Holy Spirit working in our life. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is there that, to give us ideas. Those of you who are in business, I believe the Holy Spirit 
will speak to you and say, you know what, you need to talk to this person or you need to do that. And it can open doors that we could never do on our own. How many know that's exciting? When, the, when, when we are aware of the presence of God and we can't take credit for it, only he can, that's where life gets fun. So it says, may you be energized through the Holy Spirit in your inner self, indwelling your innermost being and personality. Some of us here need a little personality change sometimes, eh? But I believe the Holy Spirit can change our personality where people are attracted to us or like us, and it's really nothing about me, but what they're seeing and recognizing is the Holy Spirit working in us. And this is what Paul is talking about here. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through, somebody say, your faith. Your faith. It's time that we as Christians to make sure that we have our own faith. Sometimes we ride our, you know, on someone else's faith. But if we are going to be the church, strong, mighty, and powerful, and do things for God, we need to have our own faith. We can't be relying on somebody else hearing from God and we taking secondhand information for ourselves. We need to have our own faith and, and hearing from God. Say, so get your own faith. And you may, having been deeply rooted and grounded in love, be fully capable of comprehending with all God's people the width, the breadth, the, he the, the depth of his love. If you're here today, I want you to know that God loves you so much. There is nothing that you can do that will ever change that. There's nothing that you can do more to increase it. He loves you just the way you are today. And sometimes we need to be reminded. But here's what Paul goes on to say. He says, I pray that you just wouldn't know that. But he says, I pray that you would come and have a personal experience of the love of Christ, which passes all knowledge and experience. How many of you here... Have, have ever experienced your first kiss before? All right, I don't want to get anybody in trouble, all right? But how many know that that, you, that can take you back and you can remember where you were, who you were with, the smell in the room, maybe the taste of cherry chapstick, I don't know, okay? But you know because you experienced it. And when you've experienced something, listen to me, nobody can talk you out of it. And that's what Paul is saying here in this scripture. He's saying, I pray that you just wouldn't know about the love of God. But he's like, I pray that you would experience that forgiveness. That you would experience the power of love. That it would so be in you that nobody could talk you out of it and say, well, that, that God stuff, that church stuff, that's not real. You'd be like, no, no, you don't understand. I've experienced it for myself. Come on, somebody. How many people want to experience the love of God? I'm talking to you about power gains in your life. And I want you guys to hold on because it's going to, this is, this is amazing stuff here. He goes on to say that when you have the, the, the power of the love of God in you, he says that, that goes beyond mere knowledge that you may be filled up to the fullest of God so that you may have the richest measure of his divine presence 
in your life completely, listen to this, filled and flooded with God himself. That you can have so much of the Holy Spirit in you and so much of the love of God that you are filled and flooded with him. What does that look like on your Monday morning going to work? If you are filled and flooded, it means you are going to work, you're going about your routine, you're raising your children, and you have a greater depth of love and compassion for people. Come on, that, that you are looking for opportunities, and people will, you'll just find yourself in conversations where people are sharing their stories, and you are able to just understand and relate and give them hope and give them courage that they can do more and go farther with their life. That, to me, is somebody that is filled and flooded with their presence of God. Where you are able to say, you know what, could I just pray for you right now? And they are experiencing God through you. How many people want that at work in your life? I want us to have a church that is filled and flooded with God's presence. But it gets better. It gets better, okay? When we, have, we are filled and flooded with God himself, verse 20 this is what I'm so excited about. It says, Now to him who, by in consequence of this action that's at work within him, so a person who has the Holy Spirit in him and is at work in him, listen to this. Are you guys ready for this? This is what you're going to be able to do. It says you're going to be able to carry out his purpose. Oh, you're going to be able to carry out his purpose for your life. There is a purpose on your life. And you can't carry it out in your own strength. It's too big for you. By in consequence of the action of his power that's at work within you, you will be able to carry out his purpose. Do super abundantly. Come on somebody. Far over and above all that you dare ask or think. That is big. That's beyond what you can even imagine. That is what God has for you and me today. That's what he has for our church today. I want to tell you that God has more for us. And it's found in being aware of the Holy Spirit. It's understanding that and experiencing his love for us is so big that he will take us beyond our wildest dreams, desires, prayers. Have anybody ever asked you, say, what do you want to do? And you're, you're a little bit shy, or you're a little bit hesitant to say what you really want to do? God is saying, I dare, I dare you to pray that prayer. I dare you to ask me for that. Verse 21, I just seen this this week for the first time. It says, to him be the glory in the church. When I seen that word church, I thought, when we are people filled and flooded with God's presence, we have an awareness of the Holy Spirit, we've experienced his love, it's going to change our church. It's going to change our church. And it says, through Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. I don't know about you, but I want to make a mark on my generation. I want to make a difference with my life. And I felt like as I was preparing for, for, 
to speak to you guys today. God just put this in my spirit to talk about his power. And that if we are going to do what God's called us to do, we need the Holy Spirit. And so what are these power gains as we begin to wrap this up? Listening to the Holy Spirit. Understanding God's love for you and experiencing it. And how can this all happen? How do we do this? I'm going to ask you guys just to, to stand all over this place. And I want to leave you with these three things and how we can be connected. How we can be connected to God's power. Are you guys ready for this? First, we have to give God a chance. We just have to say, you know what, God? I don't understand all this, but I'm willing to give you a chance. Maybe you've been a, a Christian for a long time and you've just been through some things and it's changed your view of who God is. I want to ask you this morning to give God a chance again. Open your heart to Him again. And number two, If we're going to get connected to this power source, we must spend time in this. There's no other way. Did you know that we have 16 to 18,000 thoughts run through our mind every day? And 80% of those are negative thoughts. And they will begin to change what we think unless we renew our mind by the word of God. As we meditate on these scriptures, this Ephesians 3, you need to go home and you need to read this. I read this every week. I want to be filled and flooded with his presence. And number three, real simple, just go and do it. Just go and do it. Can I close in prayer, and I'm going to ask the, the worship team if you guys would just lead us in a song, Holy Spirit. Do you guys sense the presence of God here in this room? Let's pray. God, I'm thankful for the word of God that speaks to us right at the heart. God, it cuts through all of our thoughts and our emotions and it just goes right in to the areas of our lives that we need to change. God, it's my desire to see your church thrive in our nation, in our city. And I believe that we need to make sure that we are connected to you. And God, that comes down to a personal level that each one of us are connected to our power source, which is you, our creator. God, I pray that you would, your Holy Spirit is speaking to hearts right now, revealing areas of change. And I pray that it's igniting new dreams and passions that they've let die so that they can be used of you, God, to leave a mark in this church and in their generation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.